morning everyone uh while i was preparing uh you know many message you even when i was uh, just entering many have actually uh, encouraged me that they've been praying uh for me so i'm really glad and uh, thank you so much uh, for praying and thank you steve for reading god's word and also praying for me uh so today uh, we're going to continue our series our sermon series on luke acts uh particularly from luke and uh we've been uh learning great truths uh from the gospel of luke uh and last week if if uh, i don't know how many of you remember but for a recap so last week we saw uh, uh jesus uh healing the uh, the centurion servant um uh, and we saw a delegate of elders uh coming and requesting uh jesus to heal uh the centurion servant right and he had a he had a good reputation among them uh and we saw that uh, jesus healed him even if uh, 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 from uh, he didn't have to physically go touch or heal heal the centurion servant but uh, he just healed him uh just by his words and and we saw jesus uh commending the centurion servant for his faith then we saw uh uh the the account of jesus uh raising a young man a dead young man to life uh, and people uh whoever saw that you know they were filled with fear they were filled with amazement and we saw that you know uh, especially these these two categories of people you know responding to jesus in faith and we saw you know what how it looks to respond to jesus in faith now uh we're going to continue this uh series uh, on faith you know uh, how and and the sermon is you know uh, titled as the call to faith after this uh luke records that john the baptist who is in the prison heard all what is happening uh and he says he sends his disciples to uh, jesus and uh, and he tells uh, he asks jesus one thing uh are you the one or do we look forward to someone else are you the one f- uh, f- to who, about whom it is written are you the expected one or do we look for someone else you know the general expectation uh during that time was that messiah, messiah would expel the gentile oppression and establish the kingdom of righteousness and peace right uh but in response to that jesus quotes Isaiah 61 he says that the blind are receiving the sight the lepers are uh, getting healed and uh, the poor are being uh, the gospel is being uh, preached to the poor and he says to him you know not to take offense at him and rather he what he means by that is uh, to have faith in the message of Jesus and his works and he sends back his disciples he commends uh john the baptist and his work and he says that he is the greatest man born of women but jesus also says but even the least in the kingdom of god is greater than him even the least in the kingdom of god is greater than him now as jesus continues uh preaching and doing uh the miracles 
we see uh, the response was not all same. There was varied responses. If you uh, read uh, Luke chapter 7, verses 29 and 30, it says that all the people, even the tax collectors, when they heard Jesus' words, acknowledged that God's way was right because they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and the experts in the law rejected God's purposes for themselves because they had not been baptized by John. So we have two categories of people here. People like tax collectors, the Gentiles, and uh, the, the normal people trusting in Jesus and his message and his work and acknowledging that God's ways are right. And they even got baptized, you know, uh, baptized uh, with, by John. They, under, uh, they have been baptized with the baptism of repentance. But whereas the Pharisees and the experts in the law, we see that they have rejected Jesus. You know, in spite of all the miracles that he did, in spite of uh, uh, the, the way he has preached the gospel with authority, the word of God with authority, we see that the uh, Pharisees and the experts of the law have rejected Jesus. And, uh, and in this context, this is the context, and uh, after this we see that Jesus is telling to, uh, Jesus goes to a house of a Pharisee, and we see that uh, there's one more woman uh, who comes uh, crying. She's washing Jesus' feet with, with her tears. Uh, and Pharisees took offense at him. How can Jesus let a sinner like her you know, touch, touch his feet? But Jesus gives the parable of the debtors and says, for, for her, much is forgiven. And he even commends her. He says, your faith has saved you go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. If you see the uh, last week's sermon about the centurion, Jesus commending the centurion for his faith. Right? He says there's no one in Israel who has a faith like the centurion faith. And we see here, uh, Jesus is commending the faith of this woman who has come to wash his feet with her tears and anoint him with perfume. He says, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So there are people who are responding to Jesus in faith and there are Pharisees and the experts in the law who have completely rejected Jesus. You know, there is a growing opposition to the Savior and there is this hostility uh, in the hearts of people uh, towards the Savior. But that's not all. You know, if you read uh, chapter 8, uh, verses 1, we see that a large crowd, you know, Jesus is going to city after city to village after village. You know, some, uh, some people even tried to keep him back in their own city. But Jesus said, no, I need to go to every city. I need to preach the gospel. Uh, and we see that people uh, wouldn't let go of him, but rather they were just following him. There was a huge crowd following him. So there is a position and there is a large crowd. There's an enormous popularity and there's a position growing on. And uh, Luke here mentions... That's a great crowd coming uh, to Jesus. And, and seeing the great crowd, Jesus spoke in parables. Now, this is something uh, very important happening here. Because of the opposition that is growing, because of the immense popularity that is uh, coming in. If, you, if we read the other two Gospels, Gospel of Matthew and Mark, 
we realize that Jesus, from this point onwards, spoke to the crowds only in parables. So much so that the uh, it's it's not that this is the first time he's speaking to them in parables. Just in the previous section, we saw that he spoke about the parable of the debtors, but that those were one-off things. But if you read the Gospel of Mark and Matthew, uh, the Gospel writers very clearly mention that he spoke only in parables, so much so that the, uh, the disciples come and ask him, why is speaking to them in parables? Right? And he's asking them, you know, why are you speaking to them? I mean, they could see the difference, you know, that he's speaking to them only in parables. And they are, they are asking him, why are you using parables to speak to the crowd? And in fact, uh, Jesus was sitting in a boat. Uh, this is not mentioned by Luke, but if you reread the other two Gospels, we come to know that Jesus is actually sitting in a boat because of the large crowd, and he's speaking to them in parables. Luke, if, uh, Luke, has cho- Luke chose only one particular parable here, or other two, uh, to, sp- uh, to speak about the kingdom of God, but Matthew and Mark have exclusively talked about all the set of parables that Jesus spoke. But Luke chose only one parable, that is the parable of the soils, which is famously called as the parable of the sowers. Uh, now, what is a parable? That begs the question, what is a parable? Now, a parable is a short discourse that conveys spiritual truth by making a vivid comparison. The truth to be taught is compared to something in nature or a common line experience. Parables make the hearers think about the teachings. You know, Jesus used the, uh, the, the common things, you know, the common practices of that time to teach the truth. You know, if Jesus had to teach parables at this point of time, you know, the illustrations, uh, the things that he used would be quite different. And, and, it, and at times it poses a bit of a challenge for us because we do not understand the context, we do not understand the culture, so uh, it, it, it is a bit difficult for us to understand, uh, you know, the parables. The, parab- the, the purpose uh, of a parable is revelation by illustration. But if we read the text, we get to know that they, they, are also, they also conceal the truth from those who refuse to believe. You know, Jesus is, uh, when, when, the Pharise- uh, when the disciples come and ask Jesus, why are you speaking to uh, them in parables? Jesus says, you know, to you it has been given to know the mysteries or the secrets of the kingdom of God, you know, but for them it is in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Jesus is using the parables to conceal the truth. You know, Jesus has spoken in plain language. He has preached the gospel, but all that he received from the Pharisees and the teachers of the law is rejection, hostility, and in fact, they are even conspiring to kill him. And Jesus chose to speak to them in parables. He's saying, I'm not going to reveal any more to you. And why is Jesus, you know, wanting to conceal the truth from some and revealing it to the others like the disciples. Because of the gross rebellion of unbelief and the spiritual ignorance of the crowds. You know, the, uh, some of the people in the crowd were not really following Jesus because they believed, uh, like the centurion or the women. 
uh, but they were following him for the food. They were following him, you know, for the healing. Uh, they were not following him uh, because because they truly believed that he is the Messiah. And the the Pharisees were following him just to make sure that you know they can you know find a fault with him. You know, there was a gross rebellion of unbelief. There is great unbelief, and there is spiritual ignorance. You know, the Son of Man, God Himself, has come down as human, and He's reaching out to people. But we see. Uh, the depravity of human heart here. They are, re- re- uh, re- they are responding with rebellion and unbelief. And we see Jesus is quoting Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And we all know that during those days, uh, people of Israel rejected the multiple call of repentance. You know, God has been calling them for repentance for centuries, and they've rejected the call of God. They responded in unbelief and ignorance. The Bible uses the words like obstinate, hard-hearted, stiff-necked to describe, you know, people like these. And God is judging them and not giving them any more revelation, but rather asking uh, Prophet Isaiah to speak in a language, speak in such a manner that the unbelieving crowd would not understand, but rather the people who believed uh, understood and repented. And this is, in theological terms, it's called as judicial hardening. Jesus taught, Jesus taught in plain language, and he has done many miracles, as has been told uh, in the Old Testament, that the Messiah would come and heal the blind, heal the uh, blind, he would heal the lepers, he would do so many miracles, he has done that. But yet, we see people accusing him. In fact, if you read the later chapters, people have accused him, he has done this, with the power of Satan, or, you know, Beelzebub. And they've rejected him completely. You know, Romans, we, uh, we were reading that, you know, they, they believed that salvation is something they can earn by their own works. You know, they didn't want Jesus for their salvation. They, they were pretty confident that, you know, uh, by their works, they can earn a salvation. They wanted Jesus to immediately establish the kingdom and reward them. Uh, you know, salvation is not something they were expecting from Jesus because they, they have believed in their work-based religion. You know, we can read that in Romans. Uh, let's read Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, uh, verse 30. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attain righteousness even the righteousness which is by faith. But Israel, pursuing a law of righteousness, did not arrive at that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as though it were by works, they stumbled over the stumbling block, just as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. That The Jews of that time, you know, Jesus came to them, and he preached the gospel. He uh, offered them the kingdom, but they have rejected him. They have rejected him uh, and they have not uh, responded to him by faith. But rather we see the Gentiles, like the centurion and uh, the sinners, the tax collectors, responding to Jesus by faith and uh, uh, repenting and then trusting in Jesus by faith. Now, how long is this hardening? Uh, we can read that in Romans chapter 11. So I'll leave it up to you 
to go back and le- read Romans chapter 11 to understand how long uh, is this hardening going to continue. The major topic of the parables uh, that Jesus spoke is the kingdom of God. Now, uh, uh, Jesus says uh, that you know to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And here Luke is cho- has chosen you know two parables, one being the parable of the soil and uh, the parable of the lamp to teach the disciples about the mystery of the kingdom of God. What is this mystery? What is this mystery uh, of the kingdom of God? You know, it's a New Testament concept. The kingdom refers to the manifestation of God's promised rule. When John the Baptist announced that it has come near, we read that in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 2, Mark chapter 1 verses 14 and 15, he was proclaiming the approach of the rule of God through the Messiah as promised in the Old Testament. This is what John the Baptist said, right? The kingdom of God is at hand, so repent. Now, in Jesus' ministry, this era has arrived. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 30. And there are many such verses. Though in the New Testament, it arrives in phases. You know, they were expecting a glorious kingdom. But uh, Jesus said it is going to arrive in phases. And Jesus prepares for its coming through his ministry and by his work on the cross, which enables the new covenant promises of forgiveness of sins to be put in place and allows the disciples to begin preaching its offer to all. To all. You know, we, see, uh, we saw this in Simon, uh, uh, when, when Jesus was taken to the uh, temple, when Jesus was born and was taken to the temple, you know, Simon said, you know, even the Gentiles are at it, right? Uh, and we see uh, that Jesus has come uh, to, to offer his life as a sacrifice for our sins so that we receive the forgiveness of sins, right? Uh, and this is the mystery of the kingdom of God. But there is more to the mystery of the ki- There is more to the kingdom than just a spiritual blessing. For Jesus will someday exercise authority over the entire earth in the future manifestation of the kingdom. The glorious manifestation which they were expecting is definitely going to come one day. And that's our glorious hope too. We read that in Acts chapter 3 verses 14 to 23. 14 to 23. Well, let's read Acts chapter 3 verses 14 to 23. But you disowned the holy and the righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, but put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. On the basis of faith in his name, it is in the name of Jesus, which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as you rulers did also. But the things which God, which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that the time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and he may send Jesus the appointed for you, whom heaven and heavens must receive until the period of restoration and of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophet from ancient times. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me, from your brethren, to him you shall give heed to everything he says to you. 
and it will be that every soul that does not heed the prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. There is going to be a period of frustration. There is going to be a glorious manifestation of the kingdom. Uh, although in the present form, it's 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 just uh, it's in this pitch. It's it's not as glorious as it uh, as it is going to be. But still, the kingdom has arrived, and people need to repent and. Uh, accept the gospel and repent and be part of the kingdom when we read uh, matthews and mark's gospel we know that jesus spoke not but one but more than one uh, parable about the kingdom but as i said luke chose only one parable here about the kingdom of god to show uh, one aspect of the faith john the baptist did not have this privilege of knowing about the mystery of the kingdom of God. That's why he has sent his disciples you know, to Jesus. He did not know about the mystery of the kingdom of God. But for New Testament believers like us, we know the mystery of the kingdom of God. And, and that's why Jesus says that we are more blessed, that, or, uh, or uh, the word of God reveals to us the mystery of God, which may not, which was not even revealed to people like John, uh, the great, uh, great men like John the Baptist, even the even the men of uh, the, uh, the prophets of the Old Testament, and we are so blessed to know about uh, the kingdom of God, and 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 it's a great blessing uh, for us. What uh, after this, Jesus saw the crowds and he started speaking to them uh, about in a parables, and the parable that Luke chose is the parable of soils. You know, when Messiah came and preached the word of God and called the people to respond in faith, the response was very varied. And this is, God chose this parable, uh, or Jesus is, uh, you know, teaching to us, you know, the various responses to the word of God through this parable. Uh, and Jesus clearly says that his word is the seed that was mentioned uh, in the parable of the soils. Right? He says that the word of God is the seed. If, if you read the parable, the focus is not so much on the sower. And that's why uh, the focus is much on the soil, but not on the sower. Right? Uh, and uh, each soil responds differently to the same seed. The seed that, was, uh, that fell on the road, you know, they never had a chance. Satan comes, picks up whatever has has not already been trampled. Uh, in this such case, people have no chance to hear, believe, and be saved. The second uh, category uh, of people, the seed fell on the rock. Uh, it started off well. They've accepted uh, you know, the, uh, the, the word of God with joy, but their faith was short-lived. Uh, there was no deep root, and when the precious of life have come or persecution has come, Jesus says, these people fall away. He says, fall away. In case of uh, the, the seed that fell on the rock, Jesus said, they did, they did not believe and be saved. But here he says, they fell away or fall away. What about the seed that fell among the thorns? The th uh, among the thorns. You know, the thorns fight with the other things in the ground for nutrients and they choke the seed. And Jesus describes these thorns as the life's worries, riches 
and pleasures, a life wherein spiritual issues are not at all a priority. A life where spiritual issues are not a priority. And the last category which Jesus commends is a successful seed in which, which finds a good soil. The grain lands on a good and a true heart which hears the message. I think we should underline this. Retains it and has patience to hold fast to it. Now this is the soil which retains the seed or retains the word of God, has patience to hold fast to it till the end. You know, this is the seed that Jesus says bear fruit. Not the other two or the other three. Only the last category of, uh, of uh, only the last category of the soil has borne fruit. Now, if you have uh, did some gardening, uh, you would know how difficult it is you know, to, uh, to have, uh, to grow a plant. I know my wife has been trying so hard to raise a few plants. So either my son Johan comes and plicks, uh, you know, uh, uproots them, not comparing him to the birds of the air, so please don't get me wrong, or, you know, there are insects or there are pests which, uh, you know, kill the plants. We've been struggling, you know, it's not an easy task to grow plants or to grow fruits, right? And even in the parable, if we see, fruit is not something that grows in a moment. It grows overnight, right? It might happen in, you know, fairy tales or, uh, you know, if Jesus you know, does a miracle, but, but it, it, it's not something that takes, uh, it's not something that happens in a moment. Uh, Jesus' teaching does not look at the reaction to God's word in a single moment, but over a period of time, right? It's not uh, when you preach the gospel, oh, you get to know, okay, which type of soil it is. But, you know, he's, he's preaching this to say that it's not a single moment, but over a period of time. You know, it takes time to bear fruit, uh, just as it takes time for the weeds to choke the seed or for the lack of fruit in plant to become evident. Jesus' point deals with how to respond to the word uh, only one soil meets the goal at the end of it, uh, and that is the fourth soil, right? How do we apply this truth about the parable of soils in our lives? Now, clearly, if there is no fruit, no seed, there is no fruit. One cannot have a fruit without the planting of a seed. Galatians chapter six, verse seven to eight says, "Do not be deceived." God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. You know, we need, whatever we sow, we reap. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, the word of uh, the fourth soil that Jesus described says he says that he it retains, uh, it holds tightly to the word of God. You know, and that's why there is fruit. But the other other two soils maybe would have held to the word for a while. The, the second soil held to the, held the word till the persecution have come. The third soil held to the word till the pleasures of life have choked 
the word or the seat, the word of God. You know, we, uh, one cannot bear fruit overnight. One needs to. It's a it's it's a long process, and one needs to uh, hold on to the word of God until the end to bear fruit. If there's no seed, if there's no word of God, if there's no place for the word of God in our lives, then we cannot be fruitful. Now Jesus says, you know, unless you abide in me, uh, you cannot bear fruit. And we cannot abide in Christ without his word. You know, his word is the seed uh, and that can only give the, uh, the fruit that Jesus uh, expects from uh, his believers or the disciples. The parable of the source also teaches us that the evidence of saving faith is a growing spiritual life. It's not a, a something, uh, you know, it's, it's not a response that one had in one moment of life that, yes, I believed in Jesus and you live the rest of your life. But the evidence of saving faith is a growing spiritual life. You know, a, as we were listening to many brothers, one theme that, you know, um, that came out is that the faith that we have is not of our own. Right, Jesus himself says to uh, uh, Peter when he says that you are the Christ of God. Jesus says, "Blessed are you, Simon, uh, because you know it is not the flesh and bones which have revealed it to you. It is God Himself who has revealed it to you." And we all know the depravity in our hearts. Right? We cannot uh, trust uh, or come to know Jesus on our own. It is a gift. The faith that we have is a gift from God. But the faith that uh, saves us is also the faith that you know helps us to grow in our spiritual walk. You know, it doesn't uh, keep us uh, where we are. The some people are never interested in the word of God. You know, they are like the first soil. If they do show some interest in God's word, it might be for a short uh, spirit. Personal trauma. The fear of rejection or the influence of the pursuits of lives of comfort you know, often play a dominating role in our lives. You know, when, when we look at our lives, you know, sicknesses that we go through, the vocational demands that we have in our lives, uh, the desire uh, to lead a comfortable life, how do they affect uh, our spiritual walk or how do they affect our growth in Christ? If we ask, if we are honest to ourselves, how much of our time and energy is spent on these issues and how much of our time and energy is spent on, the, on studying the word of God or applying it? You know, we need to question ourselves, how much of our time and effort is going uh, where? You know, uh, we are so easy to accept that uh, the impact of these unavoidable givens. You know, it is easy to see why Jesus names these things he does that get in our way of fruit bearing. You know, the thorns get in our way of fruit bearing. If our life is dominated with the concerns of this world, we're not really heading for spiritual fruitfulness. The current world that we live in has many more distractions than, uh, the, uh, than the, the time of Jesus we have a lot of struggles in life and, and we have a lot of the life demands uh, uh, a lot of things from us. And, they, and in fact, at times it overwhelms us. And some of us who are in our corporate jobs, we know how demanding it is 
you know, at times, uh, the jobs that we have. The difference between the soil 3 and the soil 4 seems to be the condition of the heart. You know, as Jesus said, a healthy heart clings to his word. It's, it beats fast for him and responds to him. You know, it, there are troubles in everyone's lives. There are uh, pressures in everyone's life. But a healthy heart clings to the word of God. It beats fast for him and responds to him. On the other hand, a damaged heart has trouble seeing him over the distractions and attractions of other things. It, doesn't, it, does, it does take constant listening and clinging to the word of God to be fruitful. If we are not careful, you know, the pressures of life, the riches, the worries of our lives will choke the, the word of God in our lives. And, you know, uh, we might, and, and that will lead us to spiritual unfruitfulness. Uh, and that's why Jesus is warning. Can we say that the fourth, uh, fourth soil, uh, can we say that we do not have that issue in our lives? No. We all know that we have the pressures of life. We have uh, the temptations. We have the, uh, the desires uh, to, to move ahead in life. But we need to be careful that if they are choking the word of God in our lives. And it takes conscious effort to focus on the word of God so that we become consistently fruitful. It's not uh, an overnight thing, but it is an effort. One, one has to make a conscious choice to be fruitful. And Jesus wants us, his disciples, to understand his truth, this truth. You know, fruitfulness takes patience just as it does for a farmer who seeds, he sows the seeds. So we need, uh, if, if we need to be, if we want uh, to be f uh, fruitful in, in, in our lives, we need to, we need to uh, be patient. We need to cling on to the word of God in spite of all the pressures of life, in spite of all uh, 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 that the life has to offer, and we need to cling to his word. And that is the evidence of a saving faith, you know, a growing spiritual life, not a stunted spiritual life. No, if you see, it's the same seed, but, uh, you know, different soils. And as we labor, and we are called, you know, Jesus was the sower at that time, and now he has given that responsibility to his disciples. You know, as we labor to uh, sow the seeds of the kingdom, we must re remember the various, various kind of responses uh, that people might give to the, uh, to the word of God. Right? And we must be careful for the pitfalls of fruitful, uh, the fruitfulness. Whether riches, fame, success, desire to be accepted, the pursuit of pleasure or comfort, or fear of letting God have the control, the road to uh, fruitfulness is packed with multiple black holes that can swallow up any progress towards spiritual vibrancy. As Jesus said, he who has ears to hear let him hear. Now, if you read Second uh, Timothy, First Timothy, chapter six, Paul is warning us to be careful about the riches. First Timothy, chapter six, verse 
But godliness, but godliness, verse uh, six. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into this world, so we take nothing. Uh, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. But those who want to get rich fall into the temptation and the snare, and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evil, all sorts of evil. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You know, time and again, the Word of God uh, reminds us. that our life is plagued with many many temptations our life is plagued with many pitfalls that keep us away from uh growing in fruitfulness fruitfulness is not an option you know it's if if the saving faith always produces a great fruit in the life of a believer as we hear this message as we hear the parable of the soils what are the things in our lives that are choking uh the word of god that are choking uh our fruitfulness in christ is it riches is it the desire to get rich is it the desire to be successful is it the desire to have a comfortable life we need to question this and we need to do a course correction because the fourth soil always bears fruit after uh teaching uh the crowd about the parable of the soils Luke mentions uh the Jesus taught one more parable you know the parable of the lambs we read that from verses 16 to 18 Luke chapter 8 verses 16 to 18 you know Jesus compares his word to a light here you now in the previous parable he compared it to a seed that bears fruit but now here he's comparing the word of God to light and Jesus is reminding that if you do not respond to the light the consequences are going to be dire he notes that one does not light a lamp to hide it but to make it make its light available by placing it on a lampstand no one does not uh, we do not switch on a la- uh, light and cover it up right uh, i remember this uh, once my parents had a robbery and there was a small uh, they were all sleeping and there was this bed lamp the first thing that the thief did was cover that lamp he put a cloth on it right um so that you know uh, he he can do his job very easily so he notes that one does not light a lamp to hide it but to make its light available by placing it on a lampstand what is the function of a light it is to make visible that which was previously hidden in darkness so it is with jesus message the word of god reveals to us the darkness that is there in our lives the sins that are there in our lives now when when we are conf- when the word of god reveals to us what is our response to it do we uh do we respond like the pharisees who just rejected everything you know jesus warns he says that if if they reject if since they have rejected it whatever they had you know they it will be taken away uh but for those like the disciples who have responded in faith now god is going to uh, you know they will be part of the kingdom and much more will be added to them uh, in the future manifestation of the kingdom romans chapter 10 verse 17 says 
Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into this world. He has preached the gospel. He has asked people to repent and he has offered the kingdom. And instead of uh, accepting it, they have rejected it. And Jesus is saying here that the consequences are dire. You know, when uh, Jesus is not someone to be ignored. You know, if we ignore uh, Jesus, the consequences are very, very uh, bad. We either accept him and be part of his kingdom, or we reject him and uh, we lose even uh, uh, whatever we have. For example, the Jews of that time, they were boastful about the temple. They were boastful about the law, the country that they had. And we all know what has happened. You know, even that was taken away from them. Uh, whatever they little they had was taken away from them. Uh, and one needs to be careful. If you are hearing this for the first time, if you are hearing the word of God for the first time, you need to make a choice. You need to, if you respond positively to the word of God, you know, you will be a blessed man or you will be a blessed woman. But if you respond to the call, if you reject the word of God, I, I, I request you to rethink it. You know, Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he has come. The mystery of the kingdom is that he has come to lay down his life. You know, he has come to forgive us of our sins. He has come to give us his spirit who indwells in us. And he's going to come back again in his glorious manifestation. Uh, the question is, if you accept him now, you would be part of that. If you reject him now, whatever you have will be taken away. Ignoring the word of God has dire consequences. After this, in Luke chapter uh, 8, verses 19 to 21, Jesus is highlighting the importance of responding to the word of God. You know, uh, there was a, since there was a large crowd, Jesus' mother and his uh, brothers, sisters, they came to see him. And what does Jesus say? Jesus' family wanted to see him, but the crowd makes it difficult for them to get to him. When Jesus was told uh, that, you know, they've come to seek you, uh, he responds that his family consists of those who hear the word of God and do it. This already said about, you know, hearing the word of God and doing it. You know, we, we saw it a couple of weeks back. He compares the people who does hear the word of God and do it to people who built the house on the rock. But the, those who hear his word and reject it, they're the ones who built their house on uh, the sand. The emphasis here is not just on hearing, but also on doing. Let's read James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. But prove yourself doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For every, if, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. 
you know, the word of God, even if you see one of the many warnings that Jesus is giving all throughout this section is here, 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 right? Right through, our, through the parable of the sowers. And in fact, in the parable of the lamb, Jesus said, take care of how you listen. If you read the parallel account in Mark, Mark says that Jesus said, take care of what you listen to. I think uh, both make sense, you know, what we listen to and how we listen to, right? Uh, if we are feeding ourselves with the things of the world, uh, there will not be a place for the word of God to bear fruit. Uh, and, and we need to, you know, hold fast as the, the, the fourth soil. We need to hold, hear the word of God, hold fast to it. And only the, in spite of the challenges that life throws at us, only then we are going to bear fruit. Uh, we need to take care of how we listen. You know, we hear to the word of God day in and day out through our quiet times, through our messages, through, you know, the Sunday sermons, through our Bible studies. We need to ask ourselves, are we listening carefully? Are we uh, uh, paying heed to the warnings, to the, uh, to the exhortations of the word of God? Or are we just hearing with one ear and just leaving it? Because Jesus says it's a very serious warning. And, and those of us who hear the word and do it, Jesus uh, says they are his family. They are his family. Right? What a great privilege it is to be called as his family. Uh, we will be close to him and we are, will be his family. Uh, I hope uh, that this, the word of God uh, uh, speaks to you in a very personal way and helps you to identify the areas in your life uh, to make course corrections so that you know we are fruitful uh, and fruit-bearing Christians and uh, we live for the glory of God. Thank you. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for giving us this day. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for coming down into this world. Thank you, Father God, uh, that left to ourselves, Lord, we would not uh, come to you, but we thank you for changing our hearts for replacing the heart of stone in us and giving us a heart of flesh. We thank you, Lord, for regenerating us through your spirit and giving us faith. Lord, as we, Lord, progress in this life, Father God, help us, O Lord, to be mindful, O Lord, of the pitfalls that lay ahead of us. Help us, O Lord, to not, Lord, uh, give your word uh, the, the second priority, but to give your word the, the top priority in our lives, to cling to it and to bear fruit, Lord, for your glory. Uh, Father God, we pray that you would enable us, O Lord, to, to identify what is it in our lives that you want us to change so that we bear much fruit and for your glory. Help us, O Lord, for those of us who are yet to respond to the call of faith. Help us, O Father, to respond, to, to take, uh, Lord, to make a decision, O Father, and not uh, let our hearts be more hardened. Help us, O Lord. Uh, and we thank you that you are. You have said that we, those who do your word, those who hear your word and do it, are your family. What a great privilege it is. We want to thank you, dear Lord. Thank you once again, and we ask this in the precious and holy name, of Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Mm -hmm.